You are tuning into Rituals Rant, brought to you by the Sideline Network and distributed by Anchor.fm. Welcome to my podcasting world. This is my third podcast for the week. So if I were you, I'd head over to Apple Podcasts, to Anchor.fm, to Spotify, or wherever you're checking out this podcast, and download slash listen to the Richo and Lala podcast featuring Dan Coleman this week, as well as Spaceball where I lead a baseball-themed podcast with the amazing Austin Space. So with this podcast, I'm going to break down briefly my three rant topics. They are titled NFL Observations, My Fantasy, talking about fantasy football here, people, and The Eagle's Nest. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at the underscore underscore Richo. And with that, let's get into NFL Observations for Week 5. All right, everybody, so diving into week five of the NFL right here. I'm going to go a little backwards with this. We're going to start with the Sunday night game because let me tell you something. That Sunday night game was atrocious. Not as the playing, you know, it ended up turning out to be a good game, but more specifically the play calling. I'm sorry, the refereeing. That I just don't understand what's going on in the NFL right now with these horrible calls that we're getting on the field. I mean... That calling that game as a fumble at the end is disgusting. Arm is going forward. It is clearly an incomplete pass, and you're gonna call it a full you're gonna call it a fumble. The ball went like five, six, seven yards ahead of the line of scrimmage. How is that a fumble? Did he punch it the ball straight out of his palm? Because I didn't see that. These refs just wanted the game to be over. That was it. Plain and simple. They didn't care. They wanted to go home, and that was it. Now, this whole thing wasn't all on the refs, all right? A lot of plays were. Just more just pulling my hair out at the game, watching the game. The call at towards the end of the game, it was like the fourth quarter, where the referee throws his hands up, signaling a touchdown when the ball straight up bounced on the ground in front of him that he had to have the back ref come over to him and say no man it was it was not a catch it is not a touchdown i just don't understand what community college these guys went to for refereeing i don't understand i really don't now again am i upset the vikings blew the lack of a field goal attempt at fourth and one yeah did I call an upset for the Vikings to beat the Seahawks? Yes, I did. Did I think Kirk Cousins was going to march down the field and get a touchdown or even allow an attempt for a kick to win the game? Not really. The Seahawks, they played solid ball. I mean, these guys look amazing. Rallying around Russell Wilson. They're not messing around right now. But again, just to... Call the game on a forward pass, and you're going to try to convince me that that's a fumble? That's a shame on you, man. I mean, ball was thrusted forward. Call it a fumble. Triple zeros on the clock, and they're just going to call that ignorant play. Even after review, they're like, nah, it was a fumble. I hate referees so much. Anyway, 
Uh, let's see what else we got. The Browns really trying to show that they finally have things figured out, and I think they actually do. Look, I can't sit here and, and keep knocking on the Browns. I know people are so hesitant on them. They're like, yeah, but they're the Browns, though. They're the Browns, though. Well, you know what, though? You can only be a bottom-barrel team for so long. It just doesn't happen in this league. There's no team in the NFL that stays at the bottom for long. Like, you can't even make the argument. Mean, with the, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have Tom Brady. You can't even make the argument still. I, again, I don't think Tom Brady's going to be all that huge and great. I think he's going to get embarrassed by Aaron Rodgers and the, and the uh, Green Bay Packers coming up. But they're still going to be decent. And it's been a while since Tampa Bay's been decent, much like the Browns. It's been a while since they've been decent, and I think they're going to be more than decent. I think coming towards the end of the year, coming towards December, they're going to be sitting sitting going into December at like with 10 wins under their belts, and people are going to look around and go, oh, well, I think the Browns are for real maybe. Well, yeah, they've been showing you all year. Get on the train. I'm on the train. And it, has, it, it just seems like everything's clicking for them. And I will say this, I don't, I, I, so I don't know when, you know, I saw the whole Le'Veon Bell thing. He's got released from the uh, New York Jets. People are talking about Bell going to LA, Bell going to, I think someone said Baltimore. I don't see it. Okay. If I see him going anywhere, it would be Cleveland. I'm sure Cleveland has the cap space available. I would be interested to see what, how that would look in the locker room with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, and now Le'Veon Bell. That is a whole lot of personality. That is, wow, that's a lot. But if I would, if I could see one team that could really benefit with that and really make a big push for the postseason, it'd be Cleveland. Plus, you know Le'Veon would love to go back to Pittsburgh and just run up and down the field on them. But anyway, that's my hot take for the week. Um, Fitzmagic showed up in a big way. Jimmy G looked like he should have just taken his time. He should have took the week off and rested for week six. Uh, He looks way too stiff. I I don't think we're going to get the same Jimmy G this week. I think he's going to be a little bit more comfortable in the game. So we'll see how that goes. It was awesome seeing Alex Smith in the game uh, for Washington. They were... You know, they, they still lost, obviously, because the Rams look like another Super Bowl team. I believe that they're going to be the Super Bowl team. I mean, they look great. I know they played the Washington football team, but these guys have been playing great, again, on both sides of the ball pretty much all year. So they look pretty damn good. But, again, seeing Alex Smith being going through everything that he went to, I mean, snapping his freaking leg right in half like that, and then coming back, rehabbing, and still wanting to play the game and have that drive and for the love and commitment for the game, that's special. So I was, that was really cool to see. Hope to see more of that. Uh, Ravens, they don't they don't look uh, they don't look bad anywhere. Eagles got the Ravens this week. Not excited about it. Not gonna lie. But I'll talk more about that in the Eagles nest uh, segment of this podcast. Kyle Murray balled out again. Again, he played the New York mess, but. You know, good football is good football. More practice for this dude is all that you can really ask for. Uh, So let's go with this one. The Thursday night. Brady versus Foles. And Brady looked like a toddler. 
with his loss to the Bears. The biggest thing with uh, Tom Brady, everyone talking about like you know how disrespectful it was that like, he didn't shake hands with Foles. He just left. He didn't even say like nice job, nothing. But you know what? When hasn't Brady looked like a sore loser? I look back on any like big game. This is what he does. He just he leaves. He doesn't. He especially when you know you messed up. You forgot it was fourth down. It was fourth down, and you're looking after you throw the fourth down incompletion, and you're like, "Wait, another one? No, bro, you messed up." And then you're just gonna bounce like that. It's rude. It's uncalled for. It's unsportsmanlike. Whatever you want to call it. But again. Brady's done this before in the past, so I'm I won't be surprised, you know, because people. This is the big thing, right? People are looking for um, Brady to see how he's going to end the game up against Rodgers, which again he will lose. Green Bay Packers will win this game, and all eyes are going to be on him, meaning Brady, seeing if he dabs up Rodgers at the end of the game, and then you're going to know, like, oh. Brady's got some beef against Foles, which is to be expected. But, again, I'm not too, too shocked about it. I I was initially shocked. I was just like, dang, I didn't know it was like that. But, you know what? It is what it is. Whatever. Brady's still putting up decent numbers, great numbers, good numbers, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. It's the end of his career, and you're going to ride out in the sunset as the toddler. That's fine by you. Um... All right, now this one, this topic right here, talking about the Cowboys a little bit, and Dakota Prescott. Dude snapped his ankle like it was a Kit Kat. Uh, So when this initially happened, I just thought, oh my God. People I'm watching with are like, nah, it's all good. His shoe's just loose. And I was like, no, his foot is loose. That's what's going on right there. Okay. <sighs> Talked to LaValle, called him up to make sure if he saw this. And he was disgusted by how uh, happy I was, to say the least. But I wasn't really happy. Maybe I was a little happy. But it wasn't really like happy. It was more of a, see, man, this is... This is what you get, you know. Now, I know the league, everyone around the league, and a lot of other people are, you know, obviously hoping for a speedy recovery for him to be able to get back in and ball out again. Look, as a football fan, I would love that, dude. No, I, I, I'm not going to wish, like, a complete, like, yeah, your career's over type situation. I'm glad. No. Your season's over. Maybe you'll wake up a little bit now. Because you know what? Yeah, you t- you took that franchise tag with the $35 million guaranteed a year that you're getting this year. But had you just signed the damn deal with the Dallas Cowboys, I don't care what it was. I don't care if it wasn't as much money or if it wasn't a certain length of time. It's job security. Now... Again, Dak Prescott has made millions of dollars, making millions of dollars. I do not think he's going to be hurting for a while. Plus, he has other paychecks coming in from, I believe he still gets money from 
the oikos or oikos whatever you call it the yogurt um i think he was on a chunky soup if i remember correctly and he has sleep number so again i don't believe dakota prescott is really hurting for money i think he's okay he's sleeping on a four thousand dollar bed that he got for free I'm not going to cry boo-hoo for the guy. I will feel bad if he doesn't get another starting job. This is the biggest thing. I just don't see the Cowboys taking him back. Honestly. Now, do I want him to go back to Cowboys? Yeah, I I would like him to go back. I think it would be a good story. And I think that I want that rivalry between him and Wentz to go on for a while. But I just don't see them doing it. Because they haven't really, to me, I don't see the Cowboys really uh, buying in and investing in him. And it also depends on how well Andy Dalton does this year. Because if they can ride out with him for another year, for basically nothing, get a decent prospect, whether they get Trevor Lawrence or not. I mean, it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on with the Cowboys and Dak because you have Jerry Jones talking about how he's our quarterback you know he's our and you see all the players are saying he's our quarterback he's our guy yeah but when the scent when the dust settles and it's the end of the season and you're looking at rehab and you're looking at paying this dude millions of dollars again are you it just doesn't make business sense for you to give this man again another franchise tag at 35 million dollars guaranteed while he's still rehabbing or coming off that injury unless he's balling out if he if if you've seen and you're believing i mean it is obviously a risky investment regardless of what it is or who you are any team's going to be risking that quote-unquote uh investment opportunity in dakota prescott i don't think the cowboys are going to do that Especially if they miss the postseason this year, which I don't care how good Andy Dalton is, they're still going to miss the postseason this year. I'm adamant about it. Not only because I need them to miss it because I don't like the Cowboys, obviously, being a diehard Eagles fan, but I just really need that that final nail in the coffin. Um, I just I really don't see them missing the postseason re-signing Dak to either a big contract or even a franchise tag it just doesn't make business sense to me it makes business sense for you to just write out Andy Dalton and go through a quote-unquote rebuild which is scary to think or in here for you Cowboy fans because you're like we're America's team we don't rebuild we just show up and play now you guys have been falling short for actually a pretty decent amount of time you can make the argument really the past six years you guys have been disappointments. You get talked up. You hype yourselves up every single year going into the season, and then you fall flat. So, and this injury was just another, again, it was a fluke. It was, wasn't was on Dak Prescott, this injury. It just happened. But this was another thing. Like, you guys haven't been great for a long time. You can put up the numbers. You can put up the wins. Fine. You haven't been to the freaking Super Bowl in, what, 20-some-odd years? How far in the postseason have the Cowboys gotten in the past 20 years? Like, really? You guys have been rebuilding for rebuilding for 20 years, but you haven't really been rebuilding in the right positions. 
scary. I, I'm shrugging my shoulders here because I'm like, I don't know what else to say. So, again, Cowboys are going to be interesting to see this coming up week um, or for the rest of the season, really, and to see how they – where the chips fall at the end of the season. So, going into week six – Really not a lot of exciting games. Brown Steelers is going to be exciting. This is the first matchup of these guys since that whole debacle fight that happened last year. So that'll be cool to see. Uh, Fal- Falcons Vikings, yeah, not excited about that. Vikings should smoke the Falcons, no problem. Falcons will fall 0-6. Maybe they'll pick up Trevor. Who freaking knows? Um, Bengals Colts, not really. Bears Panthers, not really exciting. Jets Dolphins, again, not exciting. So the four o'clock game. Uh, Packers at Buccaneers. That will be exciting. Again, Packers, I feel like, are just going to absolutely destroy um, the Buccaneers. So, yeah, there's that. Rams will beat up on the Niners. That will be a good little uh, California game going on there. Chiefs at Bills for the Monday night. That's going to be exciting, 5 p.m. Uh, you got both teams 4-1. and one. Both teams coming off a loss right here. So, this is... This is going to be really great. That's probably actually game of the week for me. That has to be the best one. And Cardinals and Cowboys. I mean, again, Cardinals are balling out, and Cowboys are still trying to figure out their stuff. So, Andy Dalton's lost four straight games on Monday night. So, he doesn't usually perform well under that type of pressure, apparently. But, he could overcome it. Who knows? It really depends on how Kyler does it, I I think, in my personal opinion. So, that's all I got for my uh, NFL observations. Week 5. Let's get into my fantasy. Talking about my fantasy football team right now. Alright, so during this segment, my fantasy. Going about and talking about the League of Legends. Fantasy football. You can tell by the tone of my voice how excited I am about talking about this amazing team of mine. Carcino Royale. Where we put up 80 points to tanking for Trevor, Dan Coleman's, 105 points. Uh, So we were both 0-4 going into this week. I am now 0-5. I am the most losingest team right now in the whole league. He's 1-4. I'm 0-5. Next on the list are a couple 2-3ers. So it's really not completely down. I think we have like eight more games to go but man is this miserable too many hail marys i'm doing that's my problem herbert did fine for me 26 points for for fantasy great parker um Devontae parker 13 not too bad jarvis landry 12 not too bad um antonio gibson Nine points, not too bad. But this is where it starts getting bad. Joshua Kelly, three points. Richard Rogers, two points. Oh, my favorite, A.J. Green, no points. Thank you, A.J. That was nice of you. And then I put Seattle's kicker in there. I figured they'd be kicking a lot for that game. Uh, he missed, I think, a 50-yarder. Thank you for that. Uh, Los Angeles Rams defense putting up 12 for me. So again, top to bottom, I mean, it's really just the midsection here. Running backs, my tight end, I threw a Hail Mary for. I knew that I was going to, I knew that this was going to hurt, all right? I had Green Bay, 
uh, tight end uh, Tanyan, and he was on a bye week, so that hurt me, obviously. Um, so, yeah. So, I think that was a big thing that really just just sucked. Not having him, uh, Justin Herbert really panned out for me, so that was great. But not getting into these triple digits is really killing me at this point. Uh, I mean, again, the whole rest of the league, I mean, people are showing up. I'm trying to, I'm looking at the league actually right now. Oh, thank you. Good. Christopher Lala Lavalle put up 90 points, so I wasn't too far away from him on that one. But everybody else is a triple digits. I mean, and let's see where Mr. Lala is on the rankings. Two and three. So he's put up a total of 575 points. I've put up 483. So at least I'm pretty close to him. Yeah, I'm, I've put up the least amount of points, and he's the second to least amount of points. So, okay, I feel a little better about myself right there. So that, that's pretty good. I'm catching up. So this week, um, this week is going, I'm going, let's see, who am I going up against this week? Come on. This week we got week six, and I am going up against Matt's team. So that's Lala's brother. Projected 95 points to his 107. Made some changes on this one. Threw Carson Wentz in for my quarterback. I know Aaron Rodgers is back in. Uh, They're projected almost the same amount of points. Carson Wentz is projected 16. Aaron Rodgers projected 19. I I feel pretty good about... Wentz going in um, to Baltimore, though. I feel good about this one. Um, I believe it's at home, and I, I just don't see this. I'm trying to look right now. Yeah, this is a home game for them. Um, he gets Jalen Rager back. I think you're going to see more of Hurts in this game, which is obviously not going to help out Wentz, but if it is a red zone play, it could open up a Wentz catch. You know, that would be nice to see. A little Philly special-esque, if you will. Rodgers going up against uh, Tom Brady. Again, I think they're going to own them. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers throwing, like, a whole bunch of touchdowns. If he does, he's going to throw it to his tight end, Tanyan. So, I have him in, obviously, for that. I also have Devontae Parker still in, obviously, Jarvis Landry. Those are my two wide receivers that are really uh, been holding up for me. I picked up Alexander Mattinson, running back from uh, Minnesota. I picked up Frank Gore. This is a little bit of a Hail Mary one, but now that they don't have Le'Veon Bell in, I think that... And he also had nine carries last week. So he had nine carries last week behind Le'Veon Bell, who had 13. And there's no Le'Veon Bell. I think you're going to see more Frank Gore pounding the pavement. So, And especially come the goal line. So we're going to go with that. I did pick up Travis Fulgram, um, the wide receiver that Carson Wentz made look like a stud last week. Put up 31 points against Pittsburgh with nobody picking him up at all. Um, Targeted 13 times, 152 uh, receiving yards, and one touchdown. I think, again, he's getting Jalen Rager back, Carson Wentz that is. And... But I feel like him still being comfortable with Fulgham, I think that that could be really big. I think a couple big passes can go down, and I can really capitalize with that. So 
this is kind of a Hail Mary pickup. He's projected at nine points. I'm hoping for like 19. Not even asking for a lot from you, bro. Just give me like one or two touchdowns and like maybe a 30, 40 yard pass from you. You know, reception. I'd be okay with that. Went with the ever so reliable Mason Crosby for my kicker. Um, kickers are really pretty much just cycling every single week. I don't really see a solid kicker. I think kickers are something that you can uh, cycle through every week because it just makes it a little easier because you're going based on matchup to matchup. And I think this guy can bomb out. I think he will get a 45-plus uh, yard field goal attempt, and I believe Crosby will make it because he's pretty money. And then I got the LA's uh, defense. You know, just in case Jimmy G, you know, it's a Sunday night game, just in case Jimmy G starts throwing picks and they put in whoever their backup is, they throw him in and he starts throwing picks too. You know, one of these guys is going to get a pick six from the LA Rams. So I'm putting them in. We're going for it. And that's what I got for that. As far as, you know, top players go, it's crazy. I mean, if you look at fantasy right now, every top player is a quarterback but then you look at the most ads people are picking up wide receivers Miami's defense um Andy Dalton obviously is a pretty solid pickup because he's going to be a starter moving forward now for the Cowboys so you know if you could pick him up but I mean even at like number five Fulgham everyone's picking up this dude 21,000 no I'm sorry 216,000 people picked him up that's crazy and he, he can be either a make or bust. I think he's going to be more of a, a make. I think he's going to be a boom. I think because, again, Carson Wentz is getting more comfortable with this guy. So hopefully that works out and pans out for me. Uh, Fitzmagic, he's sitting there at, like, number six most picked up from week to week. And he still is dicey to me, man. Like, he, he you're either going to get Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic. I, and I don't – I can't put that much stock into that one. But again, as far as position ranks go, I'm actually surprised to see Deshaun Watson ranked number five for fantasy. That's pretty impressive because he hasn't really had a good season. So his passing yards 277, averaging almost two touchdowns a game. The interception ratio is really, I guess, what's saving him there. Hasn't really been rushing a lot. But as far as like the top fives go, you have Pat Mahomes. Uh, you got Murray, you got Allen, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. Then Cam Newton even. And then it goes into some running backs. So it's, look, I- I'm telling you like this. I thought this league was going to be a little bit easier. We only have 10 people. I thought it was going to be a little bit easier. Apparently people like to draft and keep a bunch of quarterbacks and wide receivers. That's also kind of my fault for not putting out some trades but at the same time i don't know who else i can really trade unless i package up a deal where i send aaron Rodgers and austin eckler plus the la's defense for one wide receiver that's the only way i'm going to start getting ahead so we're going to see how this week goes going in two week six if i really just flounder out week six again i might have to either uh just quit or start just again hammering out the farm and just completely revamping i mean again even with this week i picked up like i said picked up mattinson picked up gore and picked up fulgham so and starting tanyan and going with starting with wentz i think this is really going to work out for me for this week so hopefully i'll 
be talking to y'all next week about a win. Now let's talk about some Philadelphia Eagles. All right, here we go. Last segment called the Eagles Nest, where I, the diehard Eagles fan, talks about the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start talking about this right off the bat. I want to see more emotions from Doug Pearson. I know, you know this dude is seething on the sideline for how certain plays are working out. And again, I don't know which side is is the play. Listen, I keep hearing from people. And by people, some most times I mean Crystal Valley. But I also see it online too. Twitter, Instagram, what have you. Even Facebook with people arguing about the play calling. Watch a Philadelphia Eagles game all the way through. Don't watch the highlights. Don't watch the clips. Because that's the stuff that you can't... You, don't even talk to me if that's what you're doing. Unless you're watching... If you want to watch like a sped up version, I can deal with that. But don't watch more... Or you have to watch more than 30 minutes of highlights to actually understand what's going on in this game. Because I'm watching the game start to finish and I don't know what's going on. And it's not because I'm stupid. Okay? With the play calling going on for the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz calls a lot of audibles. Now, I don't know if these are dummy audibles or not. You really have to just kind of go off the the um, the way people are lined up, essentially. There doesn't really seem to be like a whole lot of changing. I think it could be 50-50. And I'm saying that because I also would like to believe in Doug Peterson's play callings. And I would like to believe in Carson Wentz's audibles if needed. If he sees something, obviously, in the defense lining up, then yes, switch the play. But if you switch the play and it doesn't work out, that's on you. Just like if the the uh, coach, Doug Peterson, is calling a play and it doesn't work out, that's on him. I want to see more emotions from Doug Peterson going back to this because I want to see him. This way it would be easier for me to know who made that call. If you see him just kind of like roll his eyes like, ah, crap, that didn't work, whatever, or you see him getting on Carson about like, what did you see, what happened there, then you can kind of gauge, I feel like, as far as what's going on and who's calling what. That's just, again, my personal opinion. My personal opinion. Uh, Carson still looked off target. Yuck. I get it. He's tossing this ball. I've said it before. He's tossing the ball way too deep. He's out of the receiver's reach. And people are talking about, oh, the receivers need to make that play. I 100% agree. 100% agree. But at some point, once you got to adjust to your receiver's capabilities. This is You don't have Deshaun Jackson out there. If you throw that pass... 60 yards out, Deshaun Jackson will run, chase, and get it. Okay, but that's not Deshaun Jackson out there. So you have to make the adjustments. If Jeff Gordon, okay, race time, or a race car driver, ready? Big time race car driver. He doesn't. He gets into his uh, Chevy Tahoe, little Chevy Tahoe hybrid. I bet you anything he doesn't drive it like his Chevy stock race car. He adjusts to the car's capability. Wentz needs to do this. That's the only way he's going to be able to get rhythm. And I believe Wentz 
can do it because he did it last year. And he starts doing it towards the end of the game. But you need to come out the gate like that. You need to start the games in rhythm. And I get it. It's hard to be in rhythm with players that you don't know or anything like that. But again, like I, I don't know what else to tell you. That's your job, bro. That's your job. You got to do it. Plain and simple. Fogum, this new kid, played 78% of the snaps, made some big plays for the birds. Loved it. Jaw only played about eight snaps. That's kind of low for me. I, I'd rather him play a little bit more, especially since he is a second-round receiver. I think we're going to see more of him this week. Fogum, Jaw, and now with Rager also high tower. I think Ward Jr. is going to start making some strides. We're starting to build and get our offensive weapons back. So I think that that can help out. That's also going to really diversitize Carson Wentz. He just still needs, again, hone it in a little bit for these guys. These guys, A lot of these guys are coming off the bench. They have, again, with uh, J.J. only playing eight snaps. Rager's coming in. Like, you know, the, you, you can't just expect these guys to just run in and start doing it. That's it's not, it's not going to happen. No coach, no player, no team has that happen so just be ready for it all right <sighs> anyway the eagles uh defense i don't think it looked bad i i like our defense personally it ain't last in the league so i'm happy with that they had 62 offense or the whole team rather so the defense had 73 defensive snaps to the eagles 62 so that needs to change a little bit, obviously. Uh, we had Hurts in four of those snaps, so that was good. I think it worked out for a couple of plays, so that was nice to have that little um, that Taysom Hill-esque offense that we seem to try to run. It was nice seeing him throw the ball, honestly. That's the things that I like to see when you have, much like when we had uh, Mike Vick and he'd come in, and you knew that once he got it, he was going to run it. So it was nice to see Taysom, I'm sorry, not Taysom, uh, Jalen Hurts come in and snap the ball and throw the ball. That was cool. I want to see more of that. I want to see a lot more of that because I think that's going to catch defenses off guard and you throw a couple plays like that, even throw a couple hurry-ups like that. Get Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz in three hurry-up schemes. I bet you they'll march down like 60 yards. No problem. Obviously, the forefront of the Eagles, they need to get that run scheme. Just keep pounding away at it. They had Corey Clement go for three plays, uh, Boston Scott for seven, Sanders was in there for 50. I mean, again, that that's... I really want to see the uh, Eagles running back trio split up. I get Sanders gets the more of the... Uh, the snaps, no problem. Totally understand that. But I would love to see a th- uh, more of like a two, three back uh, option, essentially. You know, just keep rotating these guys. Have a split backfield. You know, all those things. You know, like have them so that you keep that defense guessing. They're throwing the ball less than running the ball. But the way they're running the ball isn't really working out and I don't know if it's because you're not 
switching up the routes. You're just not switching up the players. But I, I still believe that having all three running backs combined for around the same amount of snaps, I think that that could be good. You had all three of them combined for 60 snaps. And last week, or the week prior, so week four, they combined for 60 snaps. So get them more involved. You know, the again, they had 62 offensive snaps. So total, but the running backs had 60. Get them more involved. Get Get those numbers up. Run the ball more than throw the ball. Like I said before, Eagles have the Ravens playing in Philly. I think the defense is going to show up. I really do. Philly defense, I think, is going to show up in a big way. They seem to be clicking real well. They continue to put pressure on the quarterback. The only thing they need to be worried about, though, is that when you put pressure on Lamar Jackson, you better make sure you contain him and you keep him in that collapsing pocket because if you let him get out and around, that will be miserable. It will be so miserable seeing this guy just running up and down the field. So, that's all I got for that. I, I'm really not too, too worried about it. I, I honestly think that the Eagles are going to win this game. I full-heartedly believe in it. I think they're going to win it. I think this is going to be the biggest upset. If I could put money on a big upset this week, it would be this one. I'd put $100 on this game right here. That's how much I believe in this team and the trajectory that they're going. Call me foolish. Call me stupid. I don't care. That's what I'm sticking to. I think Fulgham is going to have another day. I think Carson Wentz is going to finally just show up and be in his rhythm again. That's what I got for you. All right, everybody, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of Retro's Rant. I want to thank you all for taking the time and checking out everything we are doing here on the Sideline Network, including the Valley Sports Talk podcast, Drinks with Dan, Spaceball, and, of course, the Retro and Lala podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at the underscore underscore Rich O. Have a great week. Be safe, and I'll rant to you some more next week.